0: Of found page two of the library in the music department we don't know where we're going now it's the lowdown, driven by wolf gmc buick corner of 184 street and stony plain road the discover of it on right now they're blowing out remaining 2023 gmcs discounts up to eight thousand dollars plus zero percent financing visit wolfgmcbuick.com and with that we say a hearty hello to our friend steve lansky from big Mouse sports steve how are you man
1: I'm great. How are you, sir?
0: I'm good. I want you to know, Steve, that I do spend time thinking about what I would like to talk to you about, and that I sometimes remember to send you the list of what I want to talk about. However, on a day where I did send you a list, the NHLers are going to the Olympics. Todd McClellan fired. Sean Monahan, Monahan traded. So uh, where do you want to start? Because it's all big news, explosive news, and then we have our little bit that we wanted to talk about.
1: Dude, the last time I checked, it was your show. You're running okay. the show because I, let, me, let me throw something at you. If you say to me, what do you want? The best thing you should do then is dive under the counter <laughs> because <laughs> Steve spent 45 years telling everybody else what he wanted. I'm real happy to have somebody else run the show. <laughs> well, but
0: but the good thing is the one person who will never listen to you, you married. So that's good. You did well. There you go.
1: Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Yes, I did. Yes, I did.
0: So Olympics. I'm thrilled for Connor McDavid, but I'm thrilled for NHL fans too because uh, the NHL is not being in the Olympics. The Olympics are still fantastic, but it, it once you, I think created a scenario where NHLers could play in the Olympics. Letting go of it was very difficult for fans, in my opinion. How do you feel?
1: Exactly. You know, for years and years, and I I know a little bit about the Olympic history, Canada dominated forever. USSR started playing in the 50s. Whoa, that changed. Canada didn't like the rules, bailed out for a while because USSR was professional, Canada was not. 98, they managed to solve it all. And we went to Nagano, lost, but that's okay. Because we got to see something we'd never been able to see. And it was the best players from Canada in the Olympic Winter Games. And I still, i got to be honest with you, I will die not believing there was a 12-year gap between 2014 and 2026 where they did not go to the Olympics. I, I still can't believe it. I can't believe they couldn't have solved it. But when I read that today... I was riding the bike and I thought, "Wow, this is that got me through to the end of the 30 minutes." I was so excited that they were good, that the NHL was going to be back in the Olympics.
0: Did you? Did you? Were you so excited? You put a hill in there, or did you just keep going downhill?
1: There's hills in there. I'm on level <laughs> 10 for 30 minutes, and if you collected everything that poured off me, you could water the <laughs> desert. <laughs>
0: Well, the descriptor is awful, but it does ring true.
1: (laughs) Listen, I'm not here to make you feel good. I'm here to make you feel. I don't care what you feel. Okay, I just want you to feel something.
0: Well, that's why we love you, Lansky. All right, last night, I don't know how much of it you caught. I I was in and out. I didn't catch all of it. But, But the NHL does get prime time and they don't use it well at these Olympics where they, or these all-star breaks where they, they take their personnel, their people that they want to put in the best possible light, and then they watch them drown slowly on live television.
1: Oh, is that not the best way to describe it? I would never have come up with drown slowly. That's exactly what it is. It's agonizing. They go down for five seconds. They come up for a breath of air, then back down, then up briefly, then back. It, it is agonizing. It's agonizing. And there's nothing you can do. I just, I just want to go and say, I will put all of you out of your misery. Which, <laughs> which way would you like that done? Because this is horrible. If, if I was a player, I would steadfastly refuse to be part of whatever this is. It's just so, it's so uncomfortable. My wife said to me yesterday, we were watching a little bit. She said, this is like going to Christmas dinner and somebody starts to talk and you just have no interest in what they're saying, and they are so boring, and they keep talking, and you just have to smile and eat the stuffing and the gravy and the turkey and go, oh, my God, I just want to leave the table and throw up. That's what it is.
0: It's, you know, the, 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 the unfortunate thing about it is hockey players, generally speaking, are amiable, and they're going to go ahead and do it. But I just think from the point of view of getting it, Right and getting it compelling, they had like they had interesting people, interesting stars there. They, I think they're doing, they're trying to get younger. There are some good things there, but control is important. So even if you pre-recorded something and it was a half an hour, it could be tighter. If there's a funny line, you know, include that and exclude everything where people are looking like some of those some of those players. Like Kachuk was playing like he was, you know, five years old and on the swings with his legs moving back and forth. It's just not something they're used to. And so the the appropriateness of their behavior is not compelling. And it it, it allows people to take shots at them.
1: I just don't know. I, and I don't even know what the solution is. I mean, if somebody said to me, you're charged with making this better tomorrow, I would probably sit down and watch it 10 times and just have volumes and volumes of notes, things we're not doing again. I watched Dave Keon walk out there with those four envelopes, He did not know where he was going. He did not know what he was doing. David Amber didn't know what he was doing. He called him Mr. Keon. Good God. What what are you, like 14? And Dave is like 50? Like, he's Dave. I've, I've done a million athlete interviews. I've never called anybody Mr. Anything. Good God. Are we not contemporaries here? Keon didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know what he was doing with the envelopes. They didn't introduce the kids on the stage. Like, just... Everything was wrong. Absolutely everything. Do you know how hard it is, Al, to get everything wrong? It's almost impossible. (laughs) So I guess in that sense, they've succeeded. They got everything they could possibly get wrong, wrong.
0: Yeah. And, and uh, like I like I admit, I'm probably the only guy in the world who liked Keon talking about 67 because I remember I don't remember that team specifically, but I remember everybody who played on that team. And I do remember the Frank Mahovlich trade. And I do remember, you know, Chicago being really good and Montreal looking past people. There was stuff he was saying to me. Great memory. But it I loved it. But that, that too could have been much shorter. I, I think somebody needs an editor.
1: There's four, so let's, let's, there's four major leagues. To me, the one that does it absolutely the best, it's not even close, is the National Football League. Second would be Major League Baseball. And what I'm talking about is integrating the past with the present because it's really easy to say, oh, today's kids don't care about the past. I don't care if they care about the past or not. It's part of what this league is. And to me, the NFL blends it perfectly. Now, they have a tremendous benefit in that they've had NFL film for I don't know how many years, almost 70 years. They have footage of absolutely everything, everywhere, everyone. When I worked at Hockey Night in Canada, this is going to make some people's skin crawl, we didn't even know what footage we had. It was unlabeled in a room. Oh, no. no. Nobody knew what was there. We would put a tape in, me and another producer, and we would literally have to figure out what this was. So, like, you know, we'd put a tape in and I'd go, this is a game from, like, the 60s between the Seals and the Penguins, and it's an entire game tape. And it's labeled Hot Chocolate. That's what it's labeled. (laughs) I'm not I wish I was kidding. I'm not. And we would sit there, Mark Askin and I, and we both knew quite a bit about hockey and we would sit and watch okay what year would this be from and then let's say michel briere made a play well michel briere only played one year in the nhl before he was killed yes so then we'd know we'd know what year it was and so we'd relabel that tape but nobody had time to do that and i can't tell you how saddening and frustrating and upsetting that was for me and the nhl just doesn't do it like the NFL and Major League Baseball does. And I think the fan, the young fan and the older fan, are both poorer for it.
0: Oh, I, I would pay money. I, I like I, I pay money for the Hockey News Archive. I would pay money to watch, like, a game a week of Seals and Penguins in 68, 69. Uh, and and I, I'm, I'm serious. That could be a revenue stream. That stuff is gold to me.
1: I'll tell you what you're going to love. So Mark and I would be sitting there, and we'd be pretty, pretty loud. You know, we'd be, oh, my God, look at that save. Look at that. I remember Glenn Seder coming up one time and laughing at how bad a skater he was. <laughs> he was. He was playing for St. Louis. He looked like he was just running on his skate. It was so bad. And then, brace yourself for this, Frank Selke Jr. would walk in because Frank worked in the office with us. Right. And Frank would, what are you guys doing? They were watching a game from 67. Frank, you want to watch Sure. Frank would sit down and the three of us would watch. And then Frank would start to tell stories about Charlie Finley, about the NHL. Yeah. About the NHL in those days, about his dad, about his career as a broadcaster. Um, And we could literally whiz away an entire afternoon sitting there with Frank. When I think about it, my chest gets warm. It was so exciting for me and so enjoyable. If I could throw a switch. And go back to those days, sitting with Frank, watching those old tapes, I would do it in a heartbeat.
0: Oh, I just, I'm so jealous of you right now. I would love to have been there. Oh, my God.
1: And every (sighs) once in a while, of course, Frank would pop up. And he'd go, "Oh, I remember this interview. This was a terrible interview. Skip <laughs> through this." I'm like, no, no, Frank, we're watching, we're it on watching the interview. Mo, buddy. Yeah. We're watching yeah. it on slow mo, right? Uh, <laughs> and then we would laugh and laugh. And of course, we're like 25, and Frank is I don't know how old then, 60. He thought it was great. He thought it was the greatest thing in the world.
0: Is there any way to for somebody to go in there and and archive it and have it be more public? Because I am telling you, I would love to see that stuff.
1: So in Montreal, they also had uh, an archive library. It was all film. And the guy's name, I believe, unless I'm mistaken, was John Miller. And John Miller's job, he wore white gloves every day, was to go through these old films and archive them. And I remember saying to him one time, because we would sit there and watch, and he'd do the same thing. He'd say, Oh, this looks like about 1938. But then you'd have to watch and see what players, and you'd have to reference rosters. There was no internet then. So it was quite quite an arduous job. Right. And I said to him, I said, John, will you ever finish this work? And he said, If I finish this work, I'm out of a job. So (sighs) that was him saying, Yeah, that was him saying no. But Al, I'm telling you, the room was 20 feet by 8 feet. And every rack was filled with film. I've And the, the thing that bothers me is I have no idea where it is now. I have no idea who's in charge of it. It could be anywhere. Pray to God it's in the National Archives of Canada, but really there's no way to know.
0: It could be in a garage somewhere.
1: It could be. Yes, it could. Like that box of 1979-80 Opeechee cards. Yes, it could. Oh,
0: God. That, that upsets me, but that's the way the me world too. is. Yeah. Me
1: too. Oh. Yeah.
0: So, um... Let's move to modern times. How are you doing? I don't like breaks. I don't like the all-star game. I don't like breaks. I understand the all-star game exists for people other than me, and that's fine. Kids and sponsors, I totally get that. But it feels like there's an all-star break and then a week off, so I I, I don't actually remember the numbers and names on the Oilers. It's so bad for me. How are you doing? <laughs>
1: I don't, I'll be honest with you. I don't mind a little break. Now, when I was producing National Hockey League games, you would take any break you could get because when the playoffs came, I mean, geez, you were doing, I don't know, 51 games in 60 days, like it was nuts. Wow. So I, I, I kind of grew to like breaks a little bit because that's when I took time to process everything. And I'll be honest with you, at this point, I don't mind enjoying other parts of my life, going to movies, I think we've been to about six movies in the last four days, so I, I kind of I kind of enjoy the little break. I think the optimal schedule for me is sixty games, There's about a game every three days. To me, that would be absolutely perfect. I'd see, I think we'd see the best out of the players. You're never going to shave twenty two off the schedule, but to me, I think that would be perfect. I think we'd see the best regular season hockey we could see if that was the case.
0: Um. Yeah, I, I I see your point there. I I'm, I guess I'm just mad that the orders seem like they're gone, but I'm sure the other teams will take their breaks. Um am just trying to figure out where I want to go with you because I've got about two more minutes with you. Um, how do you feel about the orders first half? Like, do you think like McDavid was hurt? Didn't play great. Then he played fantastically well. I feel like the whole team deserves like a D for the first little bit and then an A plus. Is that about right for you?
1: Mm. No F for the start. It has to be an F. And I, I I I think you're right. He was more hurt than he let on or that we knew. I think that's true. Um, I would definitely give him an, an F. And to be honest with you, after that, what's above A plus? A plus plus? Mm. I'd give him an A plus plus. I'm 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 trying to find the like this is insane that I'm gonna say this, but since Knobloch took over, I'm trying to find any minus.
0: It's I hard. It's hard. I
1: it, it's hard. You know what it is? It's impossible, man. It's impossible. If you said to me the Stanley Cup playoffs are starting tomorrow, I'd say, let's go. So I'm going F to A++, plus plus, which is, I, I've never seen anything like it in my life. No, it, it, I,
0: I, I, it's hard to put words to it because... It is for some... Like, I remember the 68, 69, and sixty nine seventy seasons. I don't remember them specifically, but I remember events that occurred. I remember Gordy Howe ragging the puck uh, in a game that defeated the Montreal Canadiens in sixty nine seventy, and they would miss the playoffs. I remember all of that. And I've never seen anything like this team. To go from so bad to so, so good is... I don't know how you do it, but they did it.
1: I, I think you just... You go in and you say to people, you've been trying these seven things. We're going to keep this one, and we're going to change these six. And that's really what I think happened. I think, I think Coffee and Knoblock came in and said, we're going to stop thinking about a bunch of stuff. No. And instead of you having ten jobs, you're going to have two. Mm. And this is what they are.
0: It does and feel I like that.
1: Yeah. It does. It does to me. And I don't think there's any athlete who wouldn't relish going from ten to two. Because do you know how you can focus on two jobs really, really well if you're a professional athlete? And I think that's a big part of that a big part of that equation. I really
0: do. Lansky, you rock. Thanks, man. Have a great weekend. You too. My pleasure. Okay, there's Steve Lansky from Big Mouth Sports. On the way, Bruce Kerlock from Water's Nation, we're going to talk about The Prospects, the Condors, and more. This is the Lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the Lowdown on Sports 1440. We're brought to you by Wolf GMC Buick. Check them out. WolfGMCBuick.com. Just ahead of Bruce Kerlock, pass along that Carl Weathers, who was a guest on this show in September, has passed away at the age of 76. Legendary, legendary Carl Weathers. Weathers passed away. Joined now by Mr. Kerlock. How are you? We haven't talked in a while. Are you, are you doing well, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. Are you, are you overall with the number of prospects that are down there, uh, in Bakersfield, are you pleased with their handling or do you wish maybe there was one fewer winger so more could play more often?
1: Yeah,
2: I, I, I think that's, I think you hit the nail on the head. I, I think they need one less bet on the forward group, um, to allow more kids to play I mean that said I mean it's not as if a lot of the kids at the lower end have, um, have really uh, beat down the door but you know less vets is yeah, it's a tricky concept as you, as you well know I mean vets are important for these prospects development but too many of them can can you know
0: get in the way and block uh, development for sure? Crowd the room for sure. Okay, so what I've noticed is I would I would hammer uh, the coaching staff more, but Max Water plays a lot. Like they they the the area where they maybe have room, they do play uh, the young player a lot. And I think that uh, uh, Olivier Rodrigue didn't play, but I think that kind of came from above. Played Jack Campbell, so. Um it is a sticky wicket. What do you think of Warner as a player and is he coming along during the year in your opinion?
2: Yeah, I I mean I really like this player. Um you know, he's he's one of these covid draft picks that played very little the year he was drafted and uh, I doubt there were many eyeballs on him. Um, and that, to be fair, even when there were eyeballs on him, uh, including me, he just looked like a big rugged defensive defenseman. It, whatever changed, whatever happened over the summer to when he went to his first prospect camp, um, his skating uh, blossomed like absolutely blossomed. and this this year he's just built on um, last year, and it is. Um, you're a hundred percent right. They play him a lot. And even I would go back. I agree with you on the coaching staff because I would say from this, if I remember correctly, the second game on Warner was on the top pairing with Cam to meet And uh And they, you're hundred percent right. They play him um, in all high leverage situations with the exception of the power play and, and they play him a lot. And, and, uh, he, from my perspective, this is a legitimate prospect. Um, you know, he's 20 years old. He doesn't turn 21 till March. Um, the side of the game that typically is a little more difficult for these players, young players down there, with the defensive side and the physicality, yeah, he, he's absolutely excelling there. His issue, like most young defensive defensemen, is puck skills. Looks like he's got some of those. Needs a little better first pass, but, boy, as a 20-year-old, this is found money, the seventh-round seventh
0: pick. Yeah, I agree. Uh, let's go from there to the first-round pick, Xavier Borgo. <laughs> I, I feel like he's in between a little. I like his forward checking. I think he's a fine passer. With the puck on his stick, he's gotten, I think, 16 or 15 shots in the last four games and or five games, and he he seems to be around the puck a lot but i don't like his i don't like his release it doesn't feel like he's he's got a goal scorer shot and i worry about that and what what do you think of him in year 2
2: yeah he's a tough one i i um <laughs> i i echo a, a lot of what you've just said um I, he he has all of those uh quick twitch muscles and and thinking patterns that you would like for an offensive player in the NHL, and you can see it in his game. Um, I agree with you on the forecheck. I think he's got an excellent stick. They use him on the PK all the time. But I even hearken back to one dumb little play, uh, dumb in the sense that I remember it, Uh, the other night where him and Peterson had a real chance at a short two-on-one from the blue line in, and Peterson put the puck over to him. It wasn't a great pass, but it wasn't a bad pass. And certainly for an offensive player, you have to handle that. And it just dribbled off his stick. And, I mean, they were in alone. It wasn't almost even a two-on-one. It was a two-on-oh. And so, you know, there's confidence for sure, I think, is is an issue. I think lost in the shuffle is another piece to this. And I agree with you a little bit on the shot. Uh, I said early on, uh, I didn't – you know, he reminded me a little bit more of Jordan Everly at a young age where Jordan kind of would get this reputation as a shooter, but really where Jordan scored a lot of his goals was from 10 or 12 feet out. right? Mm-hmm. And Porgo just, I mean, he's there, he gets chances, just nothing going in the net. And I think you're right. The release is something that probably has to get worked on this summer.
0: Yeah, I you know, and I mean I've seen or or followed the Oilers for many years and there are some guys who are goals. Dan Curry was a great goal scorer and he never yeah. he didn't have an NHL career. Yeah. I think Borgo has a lot of things that would make him an NHL player but but I'm thinking middle six winger as opposed to you draft a, a guy in the first round you're hoping he ends up being in the top 6, right?
2: Yeah, I think that's he yeah, he looks like a third line right winger to me um who probably pay, play some on the, you know, like, is he a, you know, he's maybe Tyler Yamamoto mm-hmm. on a, you know, on a team where like, I appreciate that Tyler Yamamoto played up the lineup some, but I think that was by necessity more than anything in a deep lineup. Does Borgo play higher than that? I'm, I'm not, I'm not sure. I think that's probably where he is. And I think you're right. I think they needed, you know, yeah
3: that's hard, you know,
2: I, you know, everybody's going to talk about the goalie they could have drafted. Um, I don't think they were ever interested in the goalie. So, you know, you look at some of the players in around that area. Burgo really isn't a poor choice at all. But you should get a little more out of him. You should, you know, you'd hold him for a second-line right-winger there, right? Yeah.
0: So, Bruce Gerlach joining us from Oilers Nation. Does great work over there looking at the prospects. Uh so if if you and I are sitting in a room and we're drinking beer that you purchase because I'm too cheap to do it, um, and we're you say to me, um, no, I ask you, of the forwards down there who we consider prospects, and let's include Raphael Lebois, who might be the Dan Curry of this generation, uh, who do you think has the best chance based only on offensive skills and opportunity uh, to make the National Hockey League among the young forwards and and have a career?
2: Well, I, I still think it's LeBlanc. Um I don't, I mean, I, I think we have a couple of blossoming young prospects that we can talk about later or another time, but... I still think it's Lebois, and I think one of the – I'm not sure it's here. Uh, I'm actually relatively confident it's probably not here, unfortunately. I, I, I think, you know, if, if I'm not mistaken, they got to qualify him again next year, mm-hmm. 5%, which means now he's over $900,000. i am not sure he can – you know, but <laughs> – he does the one thing that's the hardest thing to do, right? And I think someone's going to give him a shot to do that in a a little bit more of a uh, uh, op- uh, open environment where he's not stuck down playing eight minutes on the on the fourth line. And the other thing that I think really goes a little bit unnoticed is, I mean, first of all, he's six foot four, and he plays like a six foot four player. Like he is hard on people and hard on the puck not afraid to throw the mitts. Um, you know, I think that garners a lot of leeway for him in almost any other organization in this one. That's not a criticism of the organization. Um, it's just he's in a hard spot, right? Mm-hmm. Like he, if, if, you know, if they were, if the start of the season had carried on to some degree and they were out of this, like, do we do we not think that Rafael Laval wouldn't be playing 12 or 14 minutes a night on the third line right now because the season was lost. I think he would be. But so I, I still think it's Lavois. I, I
0: I think Lavois will play in the National Hockey League. I am intrigued by the spike of uh, Matre Petrov. They've yes. uh, voiced uh, p- spiking too, but Petrov scored a really nice goal the other night. He seems more involved. He's touching the puck more. And unlike Bourgo, he does have a shooter's mentality and a good release. Fair?
2: Yes. Well, I I think a few things with him. I think, number one, you know, what really held him back, or at least in the eyes of some people that I respect uh, in the scouting community, was he played on the perimeter a lot. And you saw that even at the Prospect uh, Classic out in Penticton the first year. But that's changed. And I mean, he's a big body. He's six foot two. Uh, He's got good size to him and he's playing on the inside. And I, a hundred percent, when he gets a chance to shoot the puck, like it is not a democracy for him. He is shooting the puck right now. And he scored that goal the other night from uh, an odd angle. And I saw a lot of people say, Oh, that's fluke. That's not fluke. I've seen him shoot that puck up in North Bay in the OHL from that spot a lot. Um, he's got a great release. I wouldn't say he has the hardest shot in the world, but it's incredibly quick off a stick and incredibly accurate. Um, I and you know I said this to somebody online the other day. Would you have had it on your bingo card if you if somebody said to you Matt Bay Petrov is an incredibly defensively responsible player? Like I wouldn't have. No, nope, but neither. he is. Nope. Like he is. He plays a very defensively conscious game to the point where. You know, they bring that line out with him and Grubin and Savoy. Now, Savoy kind of gets shuffled off with Malone late in games. They're not afraid to play those that line, though, in their own zone off the face-off, in high-leverage minutes. Uh, Petrov played three-on-three three the other night. Like, they're they're very comfortable with him. I, I I agree with you. I really like him. I think there's a real chance because the big thing with
0: him is he plays the left side, right? Yeah, he does, and... and- He's he's interesting from over there. Um, one final one, not a Bakersfield Condor, but uh, I, I looked back at the draft and I had uh, Bo Aiky ahead of Young uh, Bruce Davich who just got traded. Uh, and now now Aiky got hurt, and uh, the young defenseman from Vancouver ended up being a key part of the trade uh, for Lindholm. So so their careers have taken a different direction. But do you see? Uh, Aki as a guy who maybe could have, like, I wonder about him two years from now, not next year, but two years from now. Uh, he's right-handed, he's mobile, he, he has an idea about what to do with the puck, and I'm not in any way saying he's another Evan Bouchard, but he has a lot of what we would consider to be skills of a modern defenseman. How quickly do you think he might get there if he can stay healthy?
2: Yeah, so uh, I I so I like Aki better uh, Than the kid, who I will not butcher his name, who, 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 who Calgary traded for, and I, mm-hmm. I did, I did at the time of the draft. Um, it, <clears throat> a, he plays with more edge. He's got a little bigger body on him too. Um, I think, I think the pro game he's built a little bit better for. In terms of his path, yes, I, I mean, he's going to play because of his age. He plays OHL next year, and I think that's the only reason he. Um, Probably, like He could knock uh training camp out of the park uh, two years from now and probably still get sent down to the AHL because he's just not going to have enough experience. But, you know, the right side of, you know, and I've been saying it all year, or even when the Kesselring trade happened, this right side of this group uh, up until really Wanner came out, uh, out of nowhere was very weak. And AKI I think he you know he plays a different role than one or so i think he does have a chance i you know could could he play 30 games uh in the ahl two years from now and if he's fine start to see some time in the in the nhl especially if the injuries come i i think so for sure his skating is incredible like absolutely incredible and he defends in the Kind of the modern day way where uh, he defends up the ice and he takes the puck off the stick as opposed to using his body and right? I, I, I I'm very high on this prospect.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree with you totally. Now, um, so when when we look at the prospect group here hmm. and like I I do think that they need I've mentioned before I've written about it I think they need to sign some college guys I think they need yeah. to sign some CHL undrafted free agents. Uh, kind of fill in the blanks where they're sending uh, picks and prospects away. Um, this is kind of a tricky question, and I want to phrase it right. One of the things they might be looking at is possibly trading Kulak to, to ease up some money and then sliding Broberg in on the third pair. Two questions. Do you think Broberg is ready, and do you think that he DeHarnay would be an ideal candidate to play with him, or would you prefer somebody like CeCe? <laughs>
2: really loaded questions. Um, you know, Kulak's a luxury. Uh, he's playing great. I, I don't have any issues with Kulak. He's been fantastic. And, and as a playoff performer, he's been great. He's just a luxury I'm not sure the Oilers can afford given their salary cap situation. So, um, you know, whether Kulak goes out this year and they might have to uh, if they're trying to bring something in. I I would say the answer to the question of is Broberg and De'Arne a good pairing? Tell me who their second pairing right defenseman is. If it's Cc, I'm a little worried. Um, Do we go back to the original conversation at the start of the year? And I don't think you can, given the success of the pairing, but I mean, at one point, Broberg was supposed to play with that Yes. Um, you know, so if CC's still here, you probably don't, you probably, I mean, you'd be clinching your sphincter going into the playoffs with Groberg and Day as a pairing. That 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 pairing has been fantastic in the AHL, but mm-hmm. this is a whole different world. But yeah. I, I think you're, you know, if you're, you're, it's such a tough spot, right? CC's played. Fine, like I, I wouldn't. I, I'm just not a CC hater. I, I don't like those people that are. Could you do better? Do you want better, especially late in the playoffs, than him on the second pairing? Probably. So, is he the guy you're trying to move out? Mm-hmm. And then, I, I don't know. It's I, I think Broberg, Darnay, only really you'd be comfortable with if you had a little different. Set up on the right side in the no.
0: second period. Fair. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it.
2: All right. Thanks, Alan. I okay.
0: That's there. Bruce Kerlock. He does great work for Oilers Nation on prospects, and we heard his opinion of a few of them, um, including Bo Aikie, who I think people should get excited, excited about. We'll take a break. Final segment on the way. A lot of your comments on the way, and we'll see if uh, our friend Donovan can alienate anybody else. This is the lowdown with Low Tide on Sports 1440. It's the lowdown. <laughs> Wolf GMC Buick, corner of 184th Street and Stony Plain Road. Check them out. Visit wolfgmcbuick.com. What a day. You know, I can't tell you. I've been working on air in sports for 15 years, something like that. I don't recall many days like this where we've had a Sean Monahan to Winnipeg trade. Todd McClellan got traded. Gary Bettman said he doesn't think that any of the players charged in the uh, World Junior um, litigation will return to the ice until the results are in of that trial, and that means, like, two two years. And all of those are legit big stories. And the Olympics is because it is such a big one. And the All-Star, forget about it. Nobody's even thinking about that anymore, except Will Arnett, Uh, it, it it just was a mind blowing day and much of that occurred, or at least a lot of it in the moments leading up to this show. And this show often doesn't even get like a waiver wire piece of news. So I feel like we've been rewarded Donovan, but all in one day, like we, we have a year's worth of news, but just in one day.
3: Yeah, no, it was, it was great seeing the amount of news today. Uh, I mean... I didn't have to do any prep chief among which the Olympics, the NHL's back in the Olympics. I I wasn't very old when you had Vancouver and and Sochi. No. So I don't remember a ton of that, but uh, from what I do remember, it was that really kind of was like wow, I love this sport so much. Yeah. So this is going to be another kind of uh, Building moment for all the young kids out there that get to see their favorite athletes go out there and do what
0: they do, and get excited about get excited. It's, you know, sports and and your country and all of that stuff. LT, why are you and Stoffer trying so hard to run Kulak out of town? I didn't. I didn't mention Kulak. That was our previous guest who mentioned it. So uh, good luck with that. And I, as far as Bob, you know, I think Bob's probably looking at the numbers and saying. As as uh, Bruce Kerlock said, um, this isn't anything personal. It's okay. You have to cut cap to make room for trades. Where do you have the depth to be able to to make a move? Well, second right defense, third left defense. They're not trading Nuge. There is not a lot. There is not you know Warren Fogle, but Fogle is playing so well. I think he's played himself out of the trade conversation. Hey, Low Chad, what type of player is Warner? NHL Comparables from, the, uh, from Sunny in Vancouver. Uh, okay, Warner is. I talked to somebody who is, um, works for a team in the Western Hockey League. And he told me privately that his team hated playing against Warner because he, he takes a piece of you every time you go into the corner with him. Every time you come out less of a man than you went in against Warner. That's what I was told. So that, what is that? Well, that's, you know, Harnay is that player, except Harnay is also a giant. But he he's a very, very physical player. He's a piece of work. He's a nasty piece of business, as people sometimes used to say. Have you seen Ozark? Is that the name of the TV show?
3: Uh, I have seen the first season, yes.
0: I saw the, I, somebody has been suggesting forever that I watch it. And I watched the first episode yesterday, and I was, I was alarmed. I had to get up and go for a walk. I was so upset by the episode. <laughs> There's a lot of violence in that, at least the first episode.
3: Uh, I'll be honest. I haven't watched it in a very long time, so I don't remember um a bunch of it, but I don't really remember there being a ton more after the first episode. There's a lot of
0: gunfire and a lot of people will be putting in barrels. That's all I know.
3: I think it's, I think the rest of the episode, I think that was just kind of build up to give you a little bit of a uh, little bit of thought, a little bit of stress for the characters,
0: but, well they they did it. They did a good oh, job. Oh, they for did me. a
3: great job. It's yeah. a very very good show. The the one season that I watched of it, but uh, just kind of forgot about it to be honest until right now. Yeah. Um, good show though. Wow. Good
0: show. LT if the Olympics started tomorrow, would Skinner be Canada's top goalie option? I think so, but I haven't looked at it. The rest isn't that violent from Ed. Okay. Okay, how about tying his skates with the mitts on? Okay, well, now we're doing different things that they can do at the All-Star. I'll watch the competition. Uh, you know, I think more input from players is better and not just, a, you know, some kind of uh, Mexican sombrero uh, on a breakaway. I'd like to see some things. Violence gets more as the series goes on. It's awesome from I <laughs> Okay. I thought the same thing about episode one. Yeah, like I, you know, I, look, I watched Reservoir Dogs and laughed. I, there was a time in my life where, where violence was, you know, enjoyable and I, I got it and I understood it and I loved boxing. But as you get older, you have kids and you, you see a lot of it. And I, I, it's not that I, I don't, I'm not railing against violence and, and in movies because I think that it has appeal and people like to watch that. That's fine. I just wasn't expecting that. Brutal news. Carl Weathers, Apollo Creed has passed away. Yeah, we talked about it very briefly earlier. One of the great things that happened to me recently, September, I got to interview him. And it was so enjoyable. Um, what an interesting career and roles and just an individual. Um, Yeah. Going to miss him. Please don't stop. Lansky, McCurdy, and Kerlock are so good. Yeah, they are. LT, you're correct. If they want to clear cap space, they should be trading away from position of depth, but that's not on the back end. They have only six NHL defensemen. There's still one injury away from having a big hole to fill, Trevor and Airdrie. Well, I think the point would be that if you were trading Kulak out, you'd be moving Broberg in, but you might be getting a right side defenseman and moving everybody down. I'm not sure how they would do it. They definitely have to trade for a defenseman unless Broberg is the seventh, the designated seventh, after the deadline. I, th- I think Broberg is NHL ready. I don't know that the Otis want to go into the playoffs with uh, another inexperienced hand. Deharnay is not terribly experienced. He's terribly large, though. And I think that he has been really effective in suppressing offense from the opposition. Donovan, you do an awesome job. You'll have a long career in sports radio. I have the perfect name for you, The Dawn from Big Bad Joe. I would maybe think about that. Sort of imply you could be a little older, maybe.
3: I think that one's in uh, in strong consideration here. I I think that one's a real possibility.
0: Yeah, right now it'd be the would be Dawn or the next Dawn.
3: I, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of kind of, you know, doing my job here, letting uh, the rest of these wonderful people try just, and come up
0: with a nickname for me. So you, you just be a stallion and let the mules run themselves out, and just replace them as time goes on. That's how it works. Exactly. That's that's been my plan here all along. I've been telling people that I work with for many years. Just keep doing what you're doing, and they think it's support. It's not. I'm telling them to keep doing what they're doing so I can move up. the No, I'm teasing. Um, (laughs) Buble sure had fun. Maybe everyone should be, okay, I'm not going to read that, but I think that it's out there and that's fine. Look, Buble loves the sport. And he, as you said, he's a famous, famous name. And the NHL is trying to draw attention to, and he did. Low tide and the dawn, love it. I think it would be the dawn and low tide. I mean, dawn goes first. That's the way it works. Um so you come out of the corner with water and you'll never be able to okay all right that's not uh, anyway um Watch Pinky Blinders have you seen that Peaky Blinders Peaky Blinders I have
3: not watched Peaky Blinders right. I've been told to watch it many times I just uh, I'll be honest I don't watch um I watched a Barry ton of TVs.
0: That was funny did you see
3: Barry Uh that's been on my list I've been meaning to get around to it and I just haven't gotten What do you
0: do with it. your time just um, figure out how to insult Swifties? Yes. Okay.
3: Yes. Um All right. no, I uh I'm more of a movie guy than a TV guy, but um I loved The Office. Shows like that 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 kind of gets me.
0: No. Oh, the Office is very funny. Uh don't listen to the guy who hasn't finished the show. <laughs> Tons of violence. Okay. Woobley has an NHL size rink in his house. Well, who wouldn't if you had the money? I know I would. You know. The um Anyway, I'm not going to go there. I was going to say something, but I'm not going to go. LT, do you collect records? I don't. I gave my daughter all of my LPs, and there were a lot of them. And I have given a few away over time. I sold some last year at a garage sale. Well, several garage sales. My daughter hasn't found out yet, but she will. Hockey Canada, would overlooks too for Zach Kelly from Jamie. People are very funny that text in. Edmonton has a lot of funny, funny sports fans, and we're glad that you text us.
3: That's an amazing throwback, by the way, Zach Kelly.
0: Right. Is that, that a that pull or unbelievable. what? That's a great pull. Well done. All right. So you and I worked together two days in a row. How are you feeling? You are feeling like, you know, you're ready to go? You're, you're, you're feeling energized? You're, you're devoted to, to radio and the industry?
3: 100%. I'm, right. uh, I'm here for the uh, long haul, hopefully. I mean, we'll, we'll see how she goes, but uh, I've loved working with you. I've loved being on the air so far. I've, I've loved every every minute of being here, truthfully, so uh, loving
0: it. Well, I, I, I I'd love that because I love the, the, the business and you'll do very well. in it. I'm reminded, though, of uh, one time I'd been in sales for like three weeks, and my sales manager said, How do you like the team? And uh, I said, "Great! I really, really like them. They're great people." And he goes, "You'll never know what hit you." And as I say that, Jason Strudwick comes in. Got to watch him, even in radio. The hits from behind with Struddy never stopped. He still does it. Thanks for tuning into the Lowdown, Jason Greger show on the way. I think with Struddy, he's got his milk of magnesia and he's ready to go. Thanks for tuning into the Lowdown. Have a great weekend.